Have you been listening to this show for a while? Do you like this show? Do you want to see it continue? There's one way you can do that. You can actually visit our Patreon page and donate some money to make sure the show continues. That's the only way we fund the show, the only way we make it happen. Go to patreon.com slash we have concerns find out bonus stuff you can get for supporting us and make sure the show keeps on trucking she's doing it with one of these things that i love so much yeah She's, uh, it's very weird to me. It's very weird. This is We Have Concerns. Hi, Jeff Canada. <laughs> Hi, Anthony Carboni. Hello, concerned citizens. Love. Let's talk about love, Anthony. True love. <laughs> love. True love. Yeah. Um, there is a, a syndrome I'd never heard of before, uh, but we have- Called having the hots for someone. Hey, it's called love. Have you heard of this syndrome have you heard of called this, love? Have you heard of this infection, this disease? Uh, it gets under Milady. your skin. He says, putting on his top hat because and sheathing been... his katana that he got from his trip to Japan. <laughs> Have you heard of the disease called love? Please leave me alone. <laughs> uh, this is, uh, actually, we got two articles that touch on this. One came from Jeff Rose. It's a National Geographic article telling us about the Williams syndrome, which uh, some people describe as being kind of the opposite of Asperger's or autism. Uh, and in those, in those, which people I'm sure are familiar with, there's sort of a, um, people have difficulty feeling emotion. There's an, a, an inability to read social cues. Right. That exactly. sort of thing. This is subtext, stuff like that. Some people call this the opposite of that because you are on the other end of the spectrum. You, all you do is feel intense emotion for other people. It's, they call it the love disease because People who get it, and by the way, 30,000 Americans evidently uh, are afflicted with Williams Syndrome. Well, it is summer, you know what I'm saying? Hey, oh, Williams Syndrome is in the air. <laughs> um, no, this is actually a genetic, uh, a genetic disease, and it or condition, I should say. My yeah. disease is probably... Um, There's a difference, yeah, definitely a difference between a, a syndrome and a disease. Right. This yeah. is a syndrome, and um, it causes people to feel intense affection for even strangers. Uh, so the article in National Geographic talks about parents who have kids with this disease and, or excuse me, the syndrome. And um, they talk about how the kid feels this unconditional, beautiful love for them, but also feels that for the bus driver, you know? <laughs> yeah. And the kid will run up to strangers and hug them. And they actually kind of get worried about the kid getting themselves into dangerous situations because they don't recognize danger because they love they love and trust everybody they love and trust everybody now when you say that they feel that they feel intense emotion this is only that sort of intense emotion of love or do they feel or do they feel sadness and and things like that more no, intensely it's, it's, as well it's all positive okay it's all a, a sort of an overflowing of positivity and in fact they will do things that some people would be afraid of because they just don't feel the fear they just feel they feel like everything is going to turn out great. Uh, if I talk to you and, and they have that sort of intensity that people with Asperger's can sometimes yeah. have where they ask a lot of questions. Because they're, they're talking to somebody they love. That they love. And yeah. they, and they genuinely just, want to They find just want to know everything about you. Yeah, exactly. Uh, this is one of those things where it's like a, uh, you, read a, you read about something like this and you realize that's sort of a, uh, an internal wish that maybe you've had. Right. 
actually has these these downsides and becomes this sort of, because I think we've all at one point in our lives have been like, I wish I could be more loving and trusting of people. I wish the whole world could be that way. I wish that I could just walk up to somebody and immediately trust them and right. be like open and like honest and really, really just be like, this person is a great person who's going to want the best for me and I want the best for them. And it's like, we're always trying to live our lives more like that. Right. And like, gosh, I wish I could just get rid of sort of my stress and my fear and, and sort of my, it, my social anxiety a little bit sometimes and just be like that all the time. Right. But there are downsides to something like this. Yeah, they, they talk about how uh, it, it can be a real dangerous thing for these, these young people because they don't recognize, in the same way that Asperger's may not recognize social cues, they don't recognize cues that could be harmful or dangerous to them. Uh, but on a positive side, they also say that by age three, most kids will have a, a natural bias toward their own race. They'll be, they'll be sort of naturally uh, inclined to distrust uh, people of other races, even by age three. And, you, and j- luckily, racist Jeff thinks that's great. <laughs> no, no. Man. No, I'm saying on the positive side. You just, why are you so racist, no, Jeff? No, no, don't, don't do that. Uh, on the positive side. Have you guys <laughs> noticed how racist Jeff is? <laughs> These kids don't have that. Oh. They actually don't have that at all. You're and, saying, okay, yeah. I'm saying on a positive side, uh, yes. these kids- by age three, do not gotcha. Do not Boy, you really started that out in a way that made you sound racist. Well, if you had listened all the way through, no, I can't do that. Once I <laughs> once I hear you being racist, I got to stop it because I can't allow this to continue. Yeah, I, I appreciate not on this that. show. Uh, the other crazy thing about this syndrome, yeah, is that well, that, I mean, but that that's great, but it also makes sense, right? Right. Yeah, they if love they, if they love everyone, yeah, there's they, no there's nothing about you that, that, that sort can... of distrust of the unknown exactly doesn't creep in. The other crazy thing about this syndrome is that, but they also love like alligators. <laughs> right. They also love like they yeah. love like j- bears. Fire! They'll just like run right up to a bear. Yeah, look how amazing that bear's jaws are. I want to be in there. No, don't go in there, Jimmy. Uh, but the other amazing thing about this is that some people theorize that this syndrome is actually where the idea of elves came from, because these people. Uh, actually have physical characteristics too. It's a, it's a genetic uh, change that actually has physical manifestations. So they actually have more elf-like features, sort of pointy noses and pointy uh, chins and kind of uh, pointier ears. It's a, they have sharper features. Mm-hmm. And there is some theorizing that before people ever knew that this, anything about diagnosing this as a syndrome, that people who were like this, who are full of love, and actually they have a huge affinity toward music, these people, that all of these characteristics that in fantasy literature- you, It's the fey folk. Right. That the, these are elfin. These are elfin. These are elves and fairies and nymphs. And that's kind of how it became a thing. Like, Yeah, and you, you, can, you can draw them towards you by playing a flute. And stuff like, <laughs> right. That's, and they just want to shower you with love. What? Isn't that crazy? But there's also that thing, there's also that thing about uh, elves and fairies in, uh, in, in stories where- um, they don't leave you alone, right? Like there right, is that thing. The evil there's that well, but there's that thing where like once you once you befriend one, they like oh right, you you know where they don't leave yeah. you alone. They're always around and like yeah. they don't have any concept of like boundaries, boundaries and stuff. <laughs> yeah, that's so fascinating that this could be that that could be a, a, an exaggeration of this of somebody right. coming across somebody with Williams syndrome. Exactly, and they they say they uh, they have an affinity toward music. They're very verbal and they mm-hmm. love sort of word games and stuff. And it's all the stuff that What? You, yeah. 
Isn't that crazy? I mean, I think maybe I have a twinge of that in me a little bit. Uh, it's it's a, it's an amazing. You just thing have to think. dad syndrome. It's yeah, a different thing. It's a very different thing. Um, don't don't. It's a sad syndrome. Correct. Dad it's, syndrome is not good. Anyway, um, pretty amazing thing. I never heard of this before. Are there any other? Uh, are there any other? Um, you know, sometimes things like this uh, will come with. Uh, increased chances of, of certain sort of health concerns or, or anything like that. Is this not like that? Uh, well, it's, once you have a child with Williams, mm-hmm. the chances are that you will have another one becomes really high. Okay. So there's that, the, the people with this syndrome, um, they don't have any kind of, you know, there's no inherent physical change. Mm-hmm. That's dangerous. It's just, uh, it's just this behavioral thing. And oftentimes they don't, you know, they, they lack the ability to judge, when things are going to be harmful and that's really the big danger that they're gotcha so what uh and does this happen on a on a spectrum the the same way autism and asperger's sort of happen on a spectrum uh it says from a a reproductive standpoint williams is a random mutation so two normal parents have a one in ten thousand chance of having a kid with williams but once you have a kid with williams oh once you have williams yourself it becomes a one in two chance gotcha so you're 50 50 at that point um but it's undetectable prenatal, so you don't. There's no way at, at the current time to know whether your kid may be genetically inclined. So as so as somebody with Williams uh, grows up, goes into the adult world, um, do they do they talk at all about about sort of any precautions that need to be taken or 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 things that they like? strategies that they need to teach these people to uh to sort of better deal with life like i can't imagine trying to explain to somebody who just unconditionally loves everyone to kind of cool it on that yeah um, you know or how to or how to navigate a conversation and try to look for danger like it's it's fascinating to me yeah it it i mean this article doesn't really go into it's an interview with a bunch of the parents that have them and they talk about you know loving their kid um but they don't really talk about how they have been able to deal with this in a, in a very in, in open way. I wonder, I wonder how long we've known about it. You know what I mean? It's, it, where well, it was it's diagnosed, something... first diagnosed by John Williams mm-hmm. uh, before he, you know, moved, moved on to the star Wars before story. he moved into his wonderful career <laughs> in orchestral scoring for feature <laughs> films, John Williams. I mean, this is a man of many talents, many talents. The uh, problem is when you're so good at, you know, arranging and composing, yeah. When you're that brilliant at one thing, sometimes people don't recognize your other skills. Yeah, that's what we're here to do. We're trying to recognize the fact that John Williams in 1960 was the okay. first person to actually diagnose uh, this as a syndrome, which is why it's called Williams syndrome. Okay. Um, so in the 1960s, pretty recent for people to understand that this is actually a thing that's been going on f- forever. Mm-hmm. So that's why they're saying back in history, it may have been misunderstood as being elves and, and uh, that's, you know. Fools and huh. you know, they're talking about Shakespeare's fools being kind of exhibiting all the characteristics of Williams syndrome. Right. Kind of wild. Oh, that is interesting. I, uh, it, it's funny because uh, Brandon Powers actually uh, submitted something to our Facebook group, uh, facebook.com slash group slash we have concerns. And it was, uh, it was a headline that caught my eye because you know how much I love my perfect prince, little, mm. little dagger cannonball thunderfang. Yeah. Uh, he loves you back. My pride and joy, my, my little Pomeranian boy. If only you felt the way you do about. Daggerfall. Daggerfall is a video game. I'm oh. talking about my dog Dagger. Dagger. Um, Thunderfall. 
Paul. <laughs> if only well, the way you, wow. if you felt the way about I know dagger. your child's name. Yeah. <laughs> kind easier, of sometimes. <laughs> uh, but the article that Brandon submitted is about why dogs are so friendly and why dogs love us so strongly. Yeah. And the answer is the same two genes that are responsible for Williams syndrome in humans we have brought them out in domesticated animals. What? By selective breeding for personality traits and physical traits in dogs, we have given dogs the dog equivalent of Williamson. Oh my God. It's an entire... The thing we love most about dogs is that they have a syndrome? Is that we've, is that we've given them a, a much more limited emotional spectrum than they would normally have. Well, that's crazy because, you know, this National Geographic article talking about how if you have Williams syndrome your offspring has a 50-50 chance of also having it. Right. If we're just breeding all of the animals that have Williams syndrome, that's the only dogs we want. We're like, that dog is angry. This dog loves me all yeah. the time. Let's just breed this one. Well, they talk about how you uh, you grab a dog and a wolf and you raise them both in captivity and you raise them uh, from puppies. You know, they're born, right. they're barely, the eyes aren't open, they can't even move. You raise them both in the same environment uh, and the dogs are more likely than the wolves to respond to your commands right. to like to to do all the dog things that we, they that we love think of because they love you unconditionally because they've been bred to do so because their brain forces them to love you and when you and when you think about the sort of the physical traits that we like in our dogs we're yeah. like we are we are taking these things that we consider as like cute and elf like in dogs yeah and because you look at dogs even you know that that big that reddit post that was huge forever where it's the comparison of show dogs 100 years ago versus now right and what we've done to these breeds to sort of exaggerate them it's like we are breeding for these physical traits and these mental traits and we're we have monsters caused, we're kind of we're we're kind of giving our i mean luckily we expect dogs to be under our watch and care for their entire lives Unlike human beings, which we expect to grow up and become self-sufficient. Right. Um, so I guess we, we kind it's of- It's still monstrous of us, terrible, I think. But at least we're responsible for our terribleness. I would hate to think <laughs> that my perfect prince literally only loves me because that's the only thing he can feel. He doesn't know how not to love he you. He doesn't know how not to love. It feels like cheating. You removed, we as a species removed their species ability to not love you. Why am I so okay with it? <laughs> Why am I a hundred percent fine with it? Oh, in my in my dog. Is, does that is there any because they can't have? Why no do choice? I worry about these people? And I'm so happy that I gave this to my dog. Yeah. Well, I think you nailed it in the sense that there's never going to be a point at which your dog has to fend for himself, right? And there's never going to be a point at which that quality in him endangers him or reduces his quality of life. Mm -hmm. Whereas it's actually, it's actually in domesticated dogs. It's beneficial. It's, it's a beneficial trait. Well, because they get adopted from exactly. Well, because, because they are domesticated animals, even before, even, you know, over the last, you know, 10,000 years when we started breeding them to be like, we, only were able to domesticate dogs because certain certain wolves started hanging around us and it became mutually beneficial. Anthony, how much better would the human race be if we only allowed the coolest people to, to procreate? 
If we only, it was like, if you ha- you have to be awesome to each other in order to to have kids. On a certain level, that's wonderful. On another level, Jeff, we are we are talking about the removal of certain survival and critical thinking skills. Yeah, 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 yeah. But when nobody's attacking anybody, what do you need survival and critical thinking for? We're just all hugging and humping all the time, just like dogs. Dogs just want to hug and hump. You I, imagine I think what we're talking how- about, and, and this is a terrible way to think about it, but I think what we're talking about is we're talking about, uh, we're talking about one world that is the Jim Carrey movie, Yes Man, <laughs> and that's the world we live in now. Right. Uh, and then we're talking about Another world, which is the Ricky Gervais movie, The Invention of Lying. <laughs> exactly. Ricky Gervais in that movie is the only person who is an asshole. Everybody uh-huh. else is awesome to each other because they always tell the truth and they just love each other. And they're one cool. wolf gets in. But one wolf gets in. And whereas, then- whereas with Liar Liar or Yes Man or whatever yeah. it is. Was it Yes Man or Liar Liar? Oh, Yes Man is the one where he can only say yes to things. He can't turn anything down. But Liar Liar. Liar Liar is he can, only, he can only tell the truth. But that's the same movie. Hey. Which is I'm the not one, disagreeing, which and is, I don't think anyone else in the world which, was either. Which is the one where he makes those ridiculous faces and does all that physical comedy? Yes. <laughs> yes, man? No, it's the, yeah, they all are. <laughs> it's me, myself, and Irene, I think. Oh, uh, okay. That's also the one that's very sensitive to mental health issues, as we are. Oh, right, as we're doing As today. we are being right now. I, me saying Which, by that, the way, if we are, if, like, we don't mean to be insensitive, we are processing this and going through it. Right. I, just trying to understand, and honestly, I'm, I'm envisioning a world where everyone has that that syndrome, uh, and I'm kind of thinking it wouldn't be bad. Because mm-hmm. really, the only thing bad about it, it seems, is uh, the fact that not everybody has it. Sure. Because if there's, like you said, if there's one wolf, you're fucked. But is there an inability? all lambs. But is there an inability to see external dangers as well in life? Or is it just dangers as they relate to people? You know what I right, mean? I hear what you're saying. Are, are you because you are never worried uh, about that? Like, is there a tendency for people with Williams syndrome to uh, walk into uh, walk into trouble or not sort of see a dangerous right. situation arising? Yes, that is the case. They're, that, they're notorious bungee jumpers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They'll do it anytime, any day. You don't even have to put it on all the way. They're like, I'll tie the knot on the way down. That's kind of the things that they say. Oh, okay. You know, it's fine. It'll be fine. I'm lo- By the way, can I give you a hug? On the way down? <laughs> yeah. No. Can we I'll, hug, I'll stay up here. Hug and bungee jump. What if I just hold you real tight and then we both bungee jump? No, I'm fine. Thank you. It'll I'll be, be great. No. Just tie it onto one of my feet and on the other one, I'll just, I'll, I'll, it'll be fine and I'll hug you mm-hmm. and we'll hold each other and we'll just be in, in nature's embrace on the way down. My animal rights sense does tingle here. Your animal rights sense? You know, I, I do, I do feel bad that we have decided that the best way an animal can be is just like not only just subservient, but like super happy to be so. Right. You know? Well, that's, I kind of feel like that's what we would do with AI at a certain point is not only do we have to make sure it obeys us, we have to make it love the fact that it obeys us. Right. You know? That is crazy fascinating. Right? Yeah. That's the only way we will not be destroyed is, is if they, if we make sure that they fucking love it. And that's kind of the thing about wolves. There was a time when wolves would just tear us to shreds. Sure. <laughs> and we didn't like that. No. And so what we were like, you know what would be awesome is if they not only didn't do that, but did stuff for us. And not because we forced them to, but because they fucking love it. I would love to train this wolf to howl mama. <laughs> and also, like, maybe I'll tie a towel to the refrigerator door and this wolf could bring me a beer. Yeah. 
What and, if it, and not only that, it won't think it's a chore. It'll think it's the greatest thing it did today. What if instead of straight murdering me, <laughs> this wolf just kind of stared at me pleadingly when it needed to urinate? <laughs> what if when I got home, instead of being sad that a wolf got in my house and then it also tears my face off, it I want it to be there. It wants to be there and it loves the fact that I just got home. But if I die... I want it in three to five days to know that it can tear my face yeah, off. Yeah, yeah, revert back please, to one. Please see previous episode. <laughs> uh, this is this is really fascinating, and I, I, it's definitely something that I want to read more about and learn more about. Yeah. Uh, both in in people and the possibility that we are doing this to animals. Right. And just so I want to I want to know more about what it's about. Yeah. You know, if anybody out there works in uh in in psychology or mental health or or anything like that and wants to or or even uh works uh, in animal behavior, yeah. I would love to hear more about this. And I'm sure there are many of you out there who know more about this than we. If there're 30,000 Americans right now, do you know anybody that has this? Is is, is their life more difficult than we've given credit for? Or do we not understand what we're talking about? I feel like it would be about? extremely difficult. I really do. I feel, do they even re- realize it? Or are they just happy all the time? I don't know, but I feel like it would. Be, I th- feel like it would make things very, very hard on a very basic level. I just want everyone to love everyone, Anthony. I know, man. I know you do, and that's what I like about you. <laughs> uh, let us know what you're thinking about this story, and if you know anything more, any other interesting articles or anything like that about Williams Syndrome, send them our way. I'm at a Carboni on I'm Twitter. I'm at Jeff Canada, and you can uh, you can hashtag uh, you can hashtag those um, Imperial March. Wow, that's weird. But okay. I don't know what that mean I don't know what that means. I can't even draw the but fine. Uh sure. Sure. Maybe we make a hashtag and I get fired. That's fine. <laughs> uh but yeah, send those our way. And if you've seen any interesting stories recently or want to discuss this story with other fans of the show, you can do so on our Facebook group. That's Facebook.com slash groups slash we have concerns, or on our subreddit, which is we have concerns dot reddit.com 